Hey y'all, it's Carmen. How are you doing today? I hope that you are well. I had a birthday this week and I am not ashamed to tell people that neither am I ashamed of my age. I am a ripe old 41 year old. Although I'm not ashamed of being 41, I am a little perplexed of how I got to be this age. I should still be like 25, right? I even played a little game of tag with some of the kids at church today. I would not recommend running around in heels, and I may not be able to move come tomorrow. Wow, it's hard to believe that we are at the end of Psalm 107. In this rich chapter, we have learned several things about God's character as it pertains to the business of redemption. Six, to be exact. They are, number one, God satisfies the thirsty. Number two, God fills the hungry. Number three, God breaks down barriers. Four, God cuts through chains. Five, God heals. And six, God rescues. Seems like I have talked a lot lately about the beach. I mean, it is mid-October. I should be having more talks about the changing leaves and hot cocoa. But as usual, our family is unusual in that we take our beach vacation during fall break which usually lands in October. I know it's weird, but it's cooler, cheaper, and less crowded, so we take advantage of that. Anyway, last week we took our annual beach trip. Brian and the children enjoy getting in the ocean and, quote, riding the waves. I don't so much because I don't like being able to see my feet. Once last week, I went out there with them and got seasick just standing there, so I stuck to having my toes in the sand. Well, while watching my family have fun, I noticed that they slowly drifted away from where I was sitting, where they originally entered the water. They would look up and notice that they had drifted, and then they would make their way back towards where I was. But over and over, it would continue to happen. I tell you this because it mirrors these conditions we have discussed in the last few weeks. Spiritually, we drift, and if we are not careful aware and watchful, we will be far away from where we started. Let's keep this in mind as we read the scripture. Let's dive right in. Psalm 107 verse 33 through 43. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into the thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste. Because of the wickedness of those who live there, he turned the desert into pools of water, and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. The psalmist here takes a rather odd turn from from where he has been in the previous 32 verses. Instead of speaking in specifics, he now turns to speaking in generalities. God's providence continues to be displayed in these final verses of Psalm 107. Generally speaking, 
of all humanity. This is what will happen and continue to happen until the day of Christ Jesus. A cycle that because of the world's broken sinful condition will always occur. Every person, as the classic hymn states, is prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. No one is immune to this drifting behavior. Let's look more deeply at the scripture. We see in verses 33 and 34 that God is the one who is responsible for the, quote, drying up of provisions and prosperity. Why? The psalmist does not come out and specifically answer that question, but let's look at some examples from other parts of Scripture that may help in answering it, as well as shed some light on the character of Almighty God. Remember the Old Testament cities of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18, verse 16 through 19, verse 29? God had been patient enough with those people. The people's sins were so grievous that an outcry from those sins had reached God in heaven. It was time for his justice to be done. He sent his angels to find ten righteous people, and they could not. Only Lot and his wife and two daughters were the only ones spared. Their salvation from God's judgment had not one thing to do with their righteousness, but everything to do with Abraham's. Those two cities were turned from a thriving civilization to a salt wasteland. Some scholars even think that the cities are located below the southern waters of the Dead Sea. How about remember in the book of 1 Kings, the rule of Ahab and Jezebel? Through the prophet Elijah, God withheld rain from Israel for three years. Why? Because of the wickedness of the royal family. Again, God cannot allow wickedness to lead his people astray, so he brought his justice. Let's look at the example of the seven New Testament churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. We see all but one faced God's judgment for, quote, wandering that they had done. God is just. It goes against his holy and pure nature to allow sin to continue, especially in the lives of the children he loves so dearly. Now, on the flip side, verses 35 through 38 shows us that God would love nothing more than to pour out the blessings of heaven on the righteous people who were trusting in him. From those deserts and wastelands, he brings pools of water and flowing springs. I love this picture. There is not a shortage of his provision and blessings. Just think of how wonderful a cool glass of water is on a hot summer day. Now multiply that by like a trillion and we may be able to scratch the surface of our understanding of how good God is. There is also biblical examples of this aspect of God's character. Remember the promised land for the Israelites? It was flowing with milk and honey. Good things that they could live off of and make a life in that land. Remember Elijah in the same story calling down rain after that three-year drought. Scripture tells us in 1 Kings 18 verse 45, that a heavy rain came on. The word heavy in the Hebrew means great in magnitude and extent. This was an immense rain that covered a significant area of land, a rain only God could send. Not necessarily an example in the natural, but in the supernatural is the New Testament church growth in the book of Acts, or the growth that happened on the day of Pentecost. A church with the Holy Spirit presence manifested is a picture of the deep pools and flowing springs of God's goodness and provision. 
I could go on and on about this, but we have five more verses to look at, and I don't want to keep you all day. Verses 39 through 42 give us a clearer picture of the cycle I referenced earlier. We should not be surprised of this cycle being present in humanity. What are the elements of the cycle? Number one, God draws his child to himself. Then the people repent. Then God blesses. Then the people begin to wander and sin. And then the people suffer consequences and or God's correction and discipline. God is always actively at work bringing about scenarios to draw his people back to himself. The blessings of repentance are provision, redemption from afflictions, increase, seeing the power of God, and rejoicing in that power. The consequences of sin are oppression, calamity, sorrow, decrease, no purpose, wandering, and a rendered silence. The last verse, verse 43, encourages us to pay attention to what was just written. These truths are no secret. They are not a mystery. Understanding of the great love of God is available to every child of God. It is not being hidden from you, kept from you deliberately, or selectively given to some and not to others. Proverbs 4, 5 through 7 tells us to get wisdom and get understanding through the truth of God's word. If you and I continue on in studying scriptures and applying them to our lives, we will gain understanding into the ways of God. It has always been this way, and it always will be. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for Psalm 107. Thank you for the truths that we receive from reading this scripture. I pray that we could apply it to our lives. God, I pray that we could gain wisdom and understanding through your word. God, I ask that you please forgive us of the wandering that we do. Help us to look up and see where we are in our relationship with you. And help us to cry out to you when we need you. We need you every day. And help us to recognize that. God, as we are prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave you, the God we love. Take our heart, Lord. Take and feel it. Feel it with the throne above. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for joining me on this journey through Psalm 107. Join me next week for a very special election episode. I hope that you will join me. I want to let you know that you can now listen to this podcast through Amazon, along with the other platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also find this podcast and others at www.kingdomrock.org. Have a great week. Go be real. The world needs to see it.